Today is June 18th, 2021. This is episode 152 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your And welcome, everybody, to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Peter. With me, as always, is my good friend Quentin. Quentin, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. How are you doing? All right. The answer better be like really, really good because it's a special day. Uh, it is a special day. Uh, mm-hmm. It is. It is birth. It's day of my birth. Uh, you leveled up. <laughs> I did level up. Uh, I leveled up to the uh, right age of thirty-six. I don't know if that's that's not max level, but it is a level. So, uh, but no, yeah, I'm. I, I am now. I am now. Uh, it's my name day, and I'm. I'm. You know, thirty-six apples Wait. old. So. <laughs> I, I am almost the age that you like. This is the same. This is the year. This that like I am the same age that you were when we started this podcast. <sighs> Boy, <laughs> uh, what an adventure! Yeah, but we have other things going on today too that are exciting. Uh huh. We we have a guest. Ooh. Uh, Would you like to introduce them? Sure. Welcome, everybody, from the GM Word of the Week, Fiddleback. Fiddleback, how are you? I am pretty good. How are you? Pretty good as well. <laughs> Excellent. One, Happy I'm, birthday to you, thank sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I just want to point out right off the top, you cannot be 36 apples old. Oh. You can be 36 apples high. That's Incidentally, that is also true. <laughs> Am, you may carry I, on now. I've corrected the, un, the uncorrect. All right. <laughs> I'm liking he, how this is starting already. He, he, I should. Re, I should. My he. He is a GM. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> so hey, yes, thank you for the raid. And uh, thank you, Moolground, for the raid. Uh, so technically, the world is boundless, and he uses the rules to bind it. <laughs> That's right. So. Uh, of course, we do have uh, a couple things. Uh, it is my birthday. Uh, Susan bought me an automaton, uh, the, lar- the the largest deluxe automaton that she could find. So the largest automaton instrument ever. <laughs> We're gonna need to find get some videos of that later. Uh huh. And if you don't know what an automaton is, it is a instrument that is shaped like a music note with a little face on it, and it's sort of played. Uh, I guess through MIDI, uh, it, it has a slide bar on it, and you squeeze the 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 face to make the sound. <laughs> so it is an interesting instrument, and it's battery powered. So I'm I'm quite happy with the automaton, uh, and I also got a large cookie. Uh, yes, chili and chat. Uh, Sokin did use it. Yep, that's, that's true. Uh, we played D and D this week. Uh, 
Which, I, I'm sorry, one second. Phil Beck just said that Smurfs are by tradition three apples high. So that means that you are a total of 12 Smurfs tall. Oh, sweet. I'm a, this is correct. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dozen of Smurfs. <laughs> but or, which Smurfs? Uh, not the good ones. Who's, what, what is like the official Smurf? Or probably one Gargamel. <laughs> Go with oh, one yeah. Gargamel. I have one Gar- I'm one Gargamel tall. <laughs> uh we played D this week and uh I I not yeah. only We had an RP episode. We did have an RP episode, and not only did I uh talk down the, the shoppy uh in in uh price, oh, no. I also got the monk to pay for it. <laughs> so, pretty good in my opinion. And then I walked outside and pretended like I didn't had no idea where I was. <laughs> And everybody was mad at me. <laughs> so perfect for the cleric. And uh, yeah, yep, that sums it up. Uh, and you're you're currently in a different place, so we should let people know that. So if- yeah, I'm currently doing this episode remotely. So that that's if, if the audio is a little bit weird, I apologize in advance. But uh, as far as remote setups, we're not too bad. Not bad. And uh, we, uh, we did a little poking. So- yeah, the, this leak has been a little bit light on gaming for us. We we did a little bit of Guild Wars 2 yesterday as part of our lead-up streams to next week. We have a, a guest of Sloth Queen who is a, a Guild Wars 2 streamer. So we're going to be diving again into Guild Wars 2 next Thursday uh, at 6 p.m. if anyone wants to join us. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was pretty fun to jump into the game that I haven't played in a few years. Yeah. Fiddleback, did you uh, do any gaming this week? Mm, technically... Kind of, maybe, sort of. Okay. Uh, I haven't... <laughs> we can talk about this later if you'd like to. I haven't, I haven't sure. done any RPG playing in over a year. Oh. Either as a GM <clears throat> or a player. We can talk about why we, that is. We, we, like I to. would love to lot less. I will, we'll save it for, for later. Uh, and, okay. and as for current things, I've, I've played um, 20 minutes of Control... And Ooh, about five minutes each of Rally, Rally 2.0, and Rally 4. I've played That's one of those. And, spread. and Control's great. Control's a weird, level, lovely game. If you like weird, like, sort of, like, in the genre of sci-fi horror, Control is right there. <laughs> control, control has already annoyed me, and I may or may not pick it up any further. Sounds accurate. <laughs> Do if you want. This sounds accurate. <laughs> I, I, I found some annoying spots, but then, like, when I keep delving into the story of like what is happening <laughs> <clears throat> so all right i will i will get through us through the gaming news uh and uh any possible uh yeah, i don't know i don't think we have any uh, uh community nope. news. I, I will just go i will get us through the the news news uh was there Take any away. was there any highlights from e3 for you quentin uh, i'm assuming some nintendo stuff maybe I vaguely remember that E3 was a thing that happened last week, and uh-huh. that's about my excitement levels. Wow, you, nothing from Nintendo? Not even like Metroid 5 or any of the Legend of Zelda stuff, which wasn't really anything at all? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that about sums up my excitement levels. All right, uh, fair enough. Uh, Xbox did okay. Like, I feel like that's pretty much it. But then, of course, you know, after last year, any gaming news is good gaming news, so... I feel like we could do a whole episode on this, but like E3 in general, I feel has just kind of gone away from a lot of things that they used to have in the past, and mm-hmm. I, the smaller events seem to be really cool. Yeah, the 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 summer of gaming uh, or Jeff Keighley's thing is uh, Game yeah. Fest. 
is where it's at. Uh, the Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin demo is finally working, and I will be streaming at some point before it expires on Saturday, June 26th. God. Uh, yes, chaos. Uh, it's also been announced that Final Fantasy 14 letter from the producer live uh, 65 is happening uh, July 9th, uh, 2021 at 730 Pacific Standard Time. Huh? And uh, Yoko Taru, uh, the creator of uh, and, and writer of uh, Nier, will be there. And, uh, and maybe we'll get the true ending of the Raid series, maybe. Uh, World of Warcraft patch 9.1 uh, finally has a release date of Tuesday, June 29th. Uh, will the flow of WoW versus FFXIV videos finally succeed <laughs> when WoW players <laughs> finally have something to do? Uh, maybe. No. Uh, maybe. Uh, probably not. Uh, also, P.S., uh, I made a video about uh, why WoW folks should uh, might want to try Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, so you should uh, go follow us on YouTube and, <laughs> <clears throat> and give that a we're, we're Which... We're at sixty. We're at sixty-one followers. So good on us. Uh, <clears throat> so that's it. That's all I have for news. That means let's begin. Jump right back to that question. Fiddleback. Why no? Why no RPGs for the last year? <laughs> um, because I I don't like people. <laughs> that's a very reasonable answer. <laughs> Honestly. I, you know what? We feel that. We get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, it just became a... a see, I'm, when I play, I'm the GM, right? Mm-hmm. And I discovered over the year prior to this last year that I absolutely cannot play as a character in anybody else's game. <laughs> I uh, have no respect for what they're trying to do. Oh, that sounds. I know because, somebody like that. Because as a GM, I've been doing GM stuff for so long. In my head, I go, "Oh, I wouldn't do it that way. I do it this way." <laughs> oh no, no, no! You've screwed that up. But I have. I have I'm. I'm polite enough to realize that I can't say that at the table. Mm. You know, I can't look at somebody. And go, oh no, you've screwed that up. That's wrong. Because I would absolutely murder anybody who did that in my game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and by so murder, I got you into, mean, <laughs> I mean, actual murder. Okay. I mean, fair. Knives, all right. Knives now, and razors. I, I know the whole nine yard. All right. Everybody's accomplice you know? here. All right. <laughs> Tarp down the front room, the whole nine yards. Um, no, I mean, I mean, like I would, I would, I would have a fit if somebody sat in my game and said, Oh, you're not doing that rule. Right. Or no, that's not how this particular element should work. I would, I would, Throw them out, frankly. I just would. If you break down in the middle of my game to tell me I'm, I'm doing something wrong, you're done. We're done. The game is over. Everybody can go home, and I'll find somebody new to play with. Okay? Because, yep. because at the time, at that table, and I realize this is old school GMing. <laughs> okay? I'm aware of that. But this, you got to remember... I started playing RPGs in the 70s. I'm 50 years old this year, and I've been in and around the game forever. Not as old as some people, you know, not as long as some people have been, but I have been around the game forever. So my introduction to the game was very, very old school. Before there was a word called old school. 
right? And you, what you do at the table as a player is you do not interrupt the GM or call them out on something that you think is an error while the game is running. You can't do that, right? It's their world. It's, it's my world. It works the way I say it works, even if the way I say it works is wrong. Okay. As a matter of it contradicts it. But that is only while the game is running. The proper thing to do is to, after the game is all over and done with, is go to your GM and pull them aside and say, hey, look, I'm a little confused about how this worked. Can you explain to me why when we fired the cannon with the halfling inside it, he didn't travel 37 miles and survive the landing? He rolled correctly. But he didn't survive the landing. Why is that, dear GM? You don't you don't stand up in the mail in the middle of the of the of the game and go, that's not fair. He should be alive. You did this wrong. Here's the dice to you know, you don't do that. That's that's so when I'm playing, unfortunately, in my head, all of that is going on. Oh my god, the halfling should have survived. The dice said he survived. I know it's 37 miles, but it's you know, 66 is the maximum falling damage. And that's, you know, and, and that's going on in my head and I'm not enjoying the game and I'm actually making the game worse for people around me if I'm playing. So I cannot play in an RPG. So that's an entire year's worth of me not playing RPGs as a character. The reason I don't GM anymore is mm -hmm. because the amount of work needed to make me happy with the game I'm running is completely out of, per, out of proportion with the amount of work needed to make the players happy. All right. Uh, and, in which way? Well, aha, good question. You're paying <laughs> attention. I like it. The, the, the thing of it is that varies depending on the group I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. If if I'm running for a group of people who are happy-go-lucky, do-whatever kind of guys, all right, mm -hmm. then I don't need to prep a lot. I can wing it. And I'm, I realize this is, this is tooting my own horn here. I am very good at winging it. Okay? Well, yeah. Sounds like a fun way of running things with the appropriate group. But if the group is really super serious, I will over-prepare. I will over-prepare so much that I will have no time at all to do anything else but continue to prepare for the game. I don't have my own time if I'm running for that kind of group. That feels right? like it's just not fun at that point anymore. It's not. It's, it, it sucks all the fun right out of it. You can call it burnout, but it's not burnout in my case because I know what burnout for me feels like. This is just, I'm tired of the whole thing. I'm, I'm much more interested now in playing sort of uh, dungeon crawl board games. Let's call it that. Ooh, I've played a few of those, I think. Like, They're a lot of uh, fun. Like, what was it? Uh, two weeks ago, I was staying up at my brother's place for vacation. And he's very into the VR thing, right? Mm -hmm. And he had Demio. D-E-M-E-O in VR. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, have you guys ever played Descent, the board game Descent? Yes, I have played Descent. Okay. It's a lot Demio of is Descent in VR. Ooh, I will have to look that up because okay. that sounds great. 
it's got cards, it's got, you know, effects and dice rolling and, and interesting. There's only one adventure, right? But it's three mm-hmm. parts and we played it five times. <laughs> so that we could so that we could not only play all the all the different characters, you get four characters to start with, but mm-hmm. but could also just kind of get the hang of the thing. And it is it is the best, well, the second best VR experience I have ever had. <laughs> It was, leads it to was another a lot question, of fun, but it was a lot of fun, a whole lot of fun. And Is I enjoyed long, that like? much more. It's, it's about four hours. You're going to, if you, once you get the hang of it, it's about four hours when you're Perfect. learning it, call it five or six. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that seems reasonable. That's close to like what a, a game of descent kind of would go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, I had a lot of fun playing it. It was, yeah. it was very enjoyable, but those are the experiences I enjoy more now. I enjoy the the sort of the tabletop dungeon crawl thing, you know, board game style. Much easier to kind of get into a significantly less work for you to prepare beforehand. Right. <laughs> but still and, kind of scratching that itch. And theoretically, everybody at the table knows what kind of experience they're going to be getting into. True. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, are there any other games like that that you've enjoyed recently or that you really like playing? I, I, there's a couple other ones, that, although aside from Descent, I'm blanking on the names. Okay. You want, tried, I, so. so here's the, th- <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, other, other folks who only know me from podcasting may be unaware of. Mm-hmm. As I sit here looking at the room I am sitting in, I have approximately 400 board games sitting here. That's a lot of board games. And I can tell you that Descent is is good and enjoyable. Long setup, but it's good and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that Middle Earth Quest is another FFG big board game with lots of cards and bits and pieces and takes a long time to set up, but is also enjoyable. Yep. It's different from Descent, but similar in many ways. Okay. Um, Same sort of style, but... Right. Runebound is uh, another FFG, big board game, lots of cards, lots of bits, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> it is also very good. It's more of an overland adventure. Okay, that's different from the Dungeon Crawls. Mm-hmm. Um, the Adventurers is a fun game. It's got lots of little bits in it. Like, uh, it's, it's sort of, but not exactly, or even really close to uh, the old Mousetrap game. Okay, lots, yeah. of, lots of interconnected bits do interconnected things. So the Adventurers uh, from AEG is really good. And it is very much a, a dungeon crawl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Vast, the Crystal Caverns, uh, which allows you to take on uh, several different kinds of roles and different characters within the game. Um, but also one player can play the caverns themselves. Oh, that that's an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. I've definitely um, seen games where you play like as the, the GM, but caverns sounds like an interesting. Yeah. It's style. really kind of unusual. Yeah. Um, and it supports intriguing. solo play. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Not a lot of games do that. No, they don't. And, um, if you're more into, um, uh, what do they call them? Dexterity games. Mm-hmm. Then you owe it to yourself to pick up Catacombs, which is a puck flicking game 
which which is is how you go through your adventures. Um, you know, you flick arrows at people, you flick fireballs, you <laughs> you flick the barbarian, you flick you know all kinds of stuff to attack the bad guys and whatnot. And um, gosh, there's a whole list here. If you like Catan, get Candamir. It's an adventure about building a village. But you go out and you you level up, and it so it counts as a role playing board game. You know, oh. you level up and you develop skills and that kind of stuff. And finally, and then I'll shut up about all this. <laughs> finally, the 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 one I enjoy the most but get to play the least mm-hmm. is Formidable Foes by Friedman Fries, same guy who did Power Grid. Okay. And I it is it is it is a pure dungeon crawl with all kinds of leveling and things going on. And so there you go. That's that's the last one I'll mention. Well, I did like write all of these down so I can look into them later because I'm very interested. Cool. And I know that someone else out there that's listening to us will be like, I gotta go get all these. <laughs> yeah, Board Game Geek is your friend. It, it's an amazing site, yes. Uh, I had a roommate back in university that also had probably... 400 or more games and that was quite a long time ago so he's probably got a lot more now but uh, he introduced me to a lot of cool little things like that cool um, it's, it's nice to have roommates like that it is it's always great to meet people with different uh, interests like that and you get to in, uh, get to see this whole like separate world that you never knew about before especially when they're very passionate about it and you can kind of like feel that energy from them it's a really cool feeling it is. It's a lot of fun. I and here's my here's my other problem. This is I don't run for live groups anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just even outside of the, I haven't played a, an RPG in a year. I don't run for live groups anymore because I don't have anybody that is in my group anymore. There's no there's nobody left. They've uh. they've all disappeared. Mm. Possibly because they interrupted me in the middle of a game. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll never find them again. Never again. No. Mm. Uh, I want to point out that Demio, uh, in the first 48 hours of its launch, made over half a million dollars. And it's only a $30 game on VR. And I'm sad that it's only on VR. So I'm like, I can't justify to anybody be like, all right, I'll, I'll just go get a VR headset for $300 it, so I go play Demio. <laughs> it is coming out for non-VR. Woo! Yes. Yeah, Couple months right. out, yeah, but they're doing it. No uh, problem. We'll patiently wait. <laughs> it's... The VR thing is great because you can zoom right down in on the board and look oh. at the pieces in detail and all the little the little carvings on the floors and walls and all the, you know, it's it's just, it's an experience. It's, it's that extra it's level of immersion. Oh, yeah. it, looks, it looks great. It just, and it's got online co-op. It's, it's solid. It looks great. Susan, can, I, can I address Susan directly? Yeah, so, of course. She you, says, you said, yes, go ahead. In your chat, she says, I'm not good at board games. I get anxiety about not understanding the rules. Susan, I have 400 board games. I have never once played any of them perfectly. I'd kind of be intimidated if someone was able to play a board game perfectly, especially <laughs> when at the first time. Like, that's just, that would be incredibly impressive and intimidating. I, I know somebody <laughs> that reads the rules like, under, like fully before they play games. So... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, but I, I guarantee you the first time they play it, they didn't get it all correct. Yep. Guaranteed. So I wouldn't even worry about not understanding the rules. You guys, if you have, you know, if you're friends, you'll figure it out together. 
And I feel like that's also about the people that you play with too. Like if you're with a bunch of people that are going to judge you for messing something up, you probably don't want to be playing games with them anyway. No, you don't. You, oh boy, this is a minefield. I don't play games. I don't. Mm, mm, I don't play games to be judged. Exactly. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, yeah. If I, I wanted to play games to play judge, I would go play World of Warcraft again. No, no, no. Even then, even that's why I don't play. I I solo MMOs. I don't like. I don't like. I realize this is pretty much against the entire theming of your of your <laughs> channel and your podcast. I solo MMOs. Oh, and don't if I can't worry. Solo I do the too. MMO. I don't play it. It's okay. Uh, we we found out that the Final Fantasy fourteen squad is actually very nice, <laughs> very patient people, I, for the most part. I am also one of those people, though. I solo most of my MMOs, and the only time that I ever tend to do group stuff is with people that I know who are already really really nice. If I don't know people playing, I won't play the game. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like yeah, I said, I at, like I said at the top of the show, I don't like people. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm still talking with you, I like you somewhat, and that is impressive. You are great. Yeah. The, the thing of it is, I don't like people, individuals I'm okay with. Yes, exactly. So going back to that whole, like, it's really, really cool to hear people who are really passionate about things. Uh, you have a podcast. I do. It is true. Uh, this is, I've, I've checked and double-checked, and the rumor is, in fact, an actual truth. Ooh, that's rare here. Yeah, We're usually wrong true. on things. Also true. <laughs> so, he, go ahead. No, I was going to jump into it. Uh, if you had a, something else to go with. No, me. no, no, you're fine. Carry on. It's your show. <laughs> I, I was going to say, so, so you are the host of the GM Word of the Week podcast. Uh, also what's true. What's kind, of what, what's kind of the background of this? Like, why... Word of the GM Word of the Week. Why? Why write? Uh, why create a podcast around this? What, what was kind of your inspiration for this? Okay. Well, this is this is tricky because, as with anything that that I've in, that I've really enjoyed doing, the inspirations for it are not all entirely clear and easily explained. First off, back in the seventies, although I didn't see it in the seventies, I caught it in the late eighties or the nineties. There was a TV show called Connections. Okay. With numerous with numerous sequels and whatnot, and it was run by a fellow named James Burke, who is best described as a science historian. Mm -hmm. And what he would do is he would take a piece of information, um, say for example, uh, James Watt and the development of the steam engine. Okay, that's and this that's a big what we're going to call a nexus point in history, uh, in the history of science and technology, and engineering, and all kinds of other things. But the point is, he would take a thing like James Watt's development of the steam engine, and first off, explain that James Watt didn't develop the steam engine. What he did was he improved the steam engine by adding an external cooling cylinder that improved the efficiency of it overall and made it practical to use for everyone else. Okay, At the time, the big problem was pumping out mines. Well, why were they trying to pump out mines? Well, because obviously they were going after coal and uh, other important things like that. Well, why did they need coal? Well, because coal was the new way to run everything. In the Industrial Revolution, everything started on coal. Well, why was that important? Well, because things like textile mills and flour mills and um, 
weavers and everything had converted away from the water wheel as the primary source of power and moved towards coal so that they didn't have to restrict themselves to living only where there was running water. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. why was that important? Because that meant at that point, industry and the people who supported industry could move into the main cities. All right. And once there, then a whole different level of community and development could occur. Why was that important? Well, because prior to that, everybody had lived scattered all over everywhere. All right. And didn't mm -hmm. communicate well. And it was much harder to make advancements in technology and science because nobody was communicating with anybody else. And why was that? And this is what Connections was. This would be one episode. They would go through all these different connections and how things went back and forth and around and was all interconnected and people who knew people who knew people and developments that developed things that nobody expected to develop and all kinds of stuff, right? Let's kind of take it all and wrap it back up to that original main point you started with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you'd come, you'd get to the end of it and you'd come back around and you'd be looking at steam engines again. It's like, oh, now I see. His premise was that science didn't happen randomly. Okay. It, it sense, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't somebody saying today I'm going to develop the carburetor. <laughs> it was Only a whole bunch of, it was a whole bunch of other people doing little things here and there all over the place that led to something that became because of one individual seeing something in a slightly different way or having something different happen or whatever that individual went, Oh, we can make it do this. Mm -hmm. And now we have carburetors and petrol engines and cars and everything else. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. but, but the old premise of science, uh, the old premise of science was that it was inevitable you would get to the automobile from the very moment that the first caveman banged the first two rocks together. There was no way you couldn't arrive at the automobile from that point. But that was because they all, all science, science and history and everything looked backwards. And it's very easy to see the line when you're looking mm. backwards. It's very hard to see the line when you're trying to look forward. Yes, very. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It would be nice if it was easy because you'd be able to see, okay, in three years. But no. No. Doesn't work that way. It's, it's, there's an element of, of, of coming together of a variety of different discoveries that make the next thing click. That's, that was premise one from the mm -hmm. show. Premise two was I ran across another person on the internet, and I, I'm going to say his name. And I don't think your listenership necessarily has the, 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 the base on which to understand, but it, it doesn't matter. The angry GM. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm was, aware. <laughs> yeah, okay. I recognize the name at least. Yep. All right. Was, was doing his thing. And I happened to find something interesting that he had written. Mm -hmm. And I was poking around his website. And I came across a little tiny sub-blog he had started on his blog. Which he called the DM Word of the Week. Ooh. And he had written a number of very small articles... 
that were in the same vein as connections. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I can convince him to work with me to make some podcasts. Because at the time, this is, this is now part three of the inspiration for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was between podcast projects. I have got in my history probably one, two, three, four, five different podcasts. All right. That sounds about right. Yep. I, I everything, every, everything from a podcast about reviewing board games to a podcast of general advice about role-playing games to a podcast about specific advice for playing Star Wars uh, as, as done by Fantasy Flight Games mm -hmm. to, to yet another um, sort of rambly, talky podcast about other kinds of stuff. Anyway, point is, I was doing a lot of podcasts, but I was between projects. So I was looking for a, for a project. And it turned out that, in fact, Angry Wood be willing to pen some scripts that I could use to turn into a podcast. And, and so much like the connection show, all these things came together in one place. And that's, that's how we got GM word of the week, whose basic idea. And this is our tagline. Our basic idea is to put more flavor in your flavor text. Do if you, so picture this for a moment, all right? You go, you go, you're an adventurer, all right? You're, you know, you're Jim the fighter and, and, and June the, the paladin, okay? Okay. And you go into town one day. Let's say you go into the town of Appleton. And mm -hmm. your GM has done all this work to create this adventure for you. But what you want to do as an adventurer is you want to stop and talk to the tanner about getting some leather armor made. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, did your GM spend a bunch of time deciding how leather armor works in your campaign world? <laughs> I'm going to take a guess and say that my GM probably hasn't. Probably not. It's unlikely in most cases, because if they had, the first thing they'd tell you in your standard pseudo-medieval fantasy world is, there is no such thing. <laughs> I remember that, actually. I just heard that earlier today. Okay. So, yep. the reason he can tell you that is because maybe he's spent the time looking into the history of leather tanning and leather work and all this other stuff. But also, maybe he can tell you that because he listened to our episode on leatherworking. <laughs> and so he knows that that, did, that wasn't around in your pseudo-medieval fantasy world. All right? But also, on top of that, if he wants to allow it, he can because we've already laid out how it all worked. Yes. Historically. And mm -hmm. that, that's what we mean by putting more flavor in your flavor text. Flavor text is largely unimportant until somebody asks something specific about it. And then most GMs and DMs are caught cold. And they oh. end up making up something on the spot, hopefully. That's right. But now you don't have to be. 
Because we've got, and it's not just uh, we make up some facts and whatnot. We know we go through the actual history of things. Mm-hmm. We go through their actual origins in the real world, so that you know what happened really in the real world, and so you can then adapt it to your game in whatever way you want. Now that you know what the facts are, you can do what you want with them. And kind of the same way with connections, like you. you dig in really deep with a lot of these words and a lot of these concepts and like go full research mode, learn all about this thing, come out with this whole story and eventually tie it back into this original. Like on average, like how long does it take you kind of like to to do all that research for an episode, like to actually dig in? This is is an interesting question because it was just, it was just the start of last month that I actually sat down and figured this all out. Because okay. I was really ending up in a place creating the episodes where I wasn't getting them done on time. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I put myself on a schedule. I want episodes done here, yep. right? So that they can be released here, so they can go out to the public here, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. I put myself on a schedule. I treat it like a real job because it's on Patreon and people are paying me to make it. Right. So it has to be treated as a real job now. Mm-hmm. So I put myself on a schedule and I was getting all jammed up because as it turns out, I was trying to do 36 hours of work in two days. I can see where the complications come in there. Yes, Mm. that does not work at all. That is bad mojo, man. No, that that will burn you out faster than anything. And I I love this show so much. I don't want to burn out on it. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. so it's 36 hours of work. Now, that is split up between research and production. Right. So basically, I've got, I've got, um, I would say somewhere on the order of 20, let's see, 4, 8, 16, about 20 hours of research goes into each episode. Okay. Yep. And then 16 hours comprised of narration, editing, and production, plus all the little fiddly things you do to release an episode. Right, yeah. All of the lovely technical bits. Yes, all those little things that make the internet happen. <laughs> um, so now what I do instead of trying to cram it all into two days is I go, you know what? This is stupid. I'm going to make it so that I only have to work three to four hours a day. Mm-hmm. But I have to do it every day. Right. So Saturday and Sunday are my my heavy research days. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are writing days. And then Thursday and Friday, well, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are also the production days. So now Mm -hmm. I have script done by Wednesday, episode out to my Patreon people on Friday, and then released to the general public the following Wednesday. Okay, but you do keep like a, a very, very tight schedule at that point then. I, I have to, otherwise yeah. it's away from me. Well, yeah, at 36 hours, you're basically talking about a, a full-time job. I, I am, yes. Um, Susan in the chat is asking, says, uh, says it, isn't my, it is my job. It's my side thing that is also my job. And that's fine, because I love it. That, that really makes it, like, I don't know the word, I, I'm missing the word, but it, it like... Goals? It just makes it all that much better when you you're enjoying what you're doing. I feel like it's goals. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it's I, like I said, you know, I've I've done I've I did you know all the typical stuff. I did the fast food jobs. I did the you know I did this mm-hmm. is my career. I even owned a game store at one point. Ooh. Uh, and and I've done other things where like okay, this is what I'm doing for apparently the rest of my life. <laughs> if you're gonna choose something for the rest of your life, or and until you're no longer having fun doing it, you might as well do the thing that you absolutely love. Absolutely, and 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 uh, it's kind of a crummy story, but uh, but the reason I made that decision is because a very good friend of mine. Um, Worked a worked a pretty mainline job, right? He was a he did uh, what do you what do you want to call it? Um, maintenance services for a big company out here, mm-hmm. basically a janitor. And I couldn't figure out why he was a janitor. I couldn't I, because he was very smart, very good at what he does, and he loved doing his art. Mm-hmm. He had art. He did lots of art and stuff, and computer graphics and poster designs and all. He loved that stuff, but that was always a sideline. And I kept thinking to myself, why doesn't he focus on the art and give up on the janitor stuff, you know, cause he was getting paid for his art at some yep. point, you know, that kind of stuff. But what happened was he just, he, there's no other way to put it. He fell over dead one day mm-hmm. and boy, that was a downer, wasn't it? Anyway, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, at that point I went, Oh man, I'm not, if I don't turn this podcast thing into something, I might not get another shot, you know? So, and it was pretty soon after that, that I made the decision to actually quit the regular job I had and make the podcasting thing work. And it has, it's, it, it, you know, it's not the most brilliant, lucrative career I could have chosen. But it's paying the bills. It's it's keeping me in games. And I love doing it. And you're going to have a hard time convincing me from here on out that I need to go back to the regular world and work in a regular job. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it I would. doesn't offer any of this stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you need that like satisfaction though of doing something that you enjoy and that you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just you can't get that sometimes through your. Yep. And by the way, I'm not recommending this path to anybody. It is a crazy, dangerous, stupid path. But if you, if you really feel in, in both your heart and your mind that that's the way you have to go, or you will be something less than you should be, then try it. But it's a lot of work. I know at least one person who's going to listen to this podcast who's going to take that and listen to it and think about it for the next six months. Very hard. <laughs> me? Is it me? <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I, I, I do want to know, of course, like, because uh, when you, you, when you pick a topic for a show, you don't know what the direction is going to be and, and how it'll work out. And you said that you did mo- multiple podcasts, but like, why specifically words? Like why, what, what about words? Uh, w- like, translated so well to a successful podcast Uh, um i'm going to try to explain this succinctly everything in the world is words true okay 
everything. Everything about the way we understand the world is words. And what's more, everything about the way we understand the world isn't just words, it's stories. We tell ourselves stories every single day about absolutely everything. Why did that cat run across the road? Well, you don't know. But you can imagine that it saw something over there that it wanted to check out. Or you can imagine it was being chased by a dog. Or you can imagine that it's just a cat and does weird things for no reason at all. Which is mostly my experience with cats. Mm, yeah. Why won't your car start this morning? Well, you know, maybe I left a light on. Or maybe I ran out of gas. Or maybe the spark plugs are bad. Or maybe it's, you know, one of a hundred other different possible reasons, but they're all stories. Everything you do to explain the world to yourself is stories. Now, the problem becomes if you don't have the vocabulary to explain and understand things in terms of stories, then you are missing out on a significant portion of your understanding of the world. If you don't, it's okay. So 1984, the novel, 1984, you know the novel, right? Everybody's Ab read that. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So what do they do in 1984 if they don't want you talking about something? They never teach you the words. Mm -hmm. Or they take away your words. Or they take away the words. Find right. that one a little scarier. They mm -hmm. make it so you can't discuss things they don't want you to discuss because you don't have the words to discuss it. Right. That's why I focused on words. That's and why it was important to understand how words are used, where they come from, and why they get used the way they do, and importantly, why they change over time. That one's always really interesting, especially when you get down to even like the etymology of the word. Yeah, hoping I'm it, using that one correctly because I. Yeah, absolutely. No, etymology. It it's fine. Okay, thank you. I was like, I've messed it up with another word before. I want to make sure I'm not doing that tonight. Yeah, it, it's it's bugs or words, and the yes, way to remember exactly. it is is ants, ants or ants. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Entomology is entomology. There, it's a bug thing. Etymology is words. That, but thank that's you. fine. But that's fine. The other thing you have to do. Are you are are you familiar with the Discworld and Terry Pratchett? Yes. I am not, unfortunately. It's on my list. Okay. Well, move it to the top and get on it, would you? Will do. Start with Hogfather. Um, the, the thing is, he posits that there is an element in the world that we don't understand. Now, I mean, he's a fiction writer. He can get away with this. Mm -hmm. It's called narrativium. It's the element of story in everything. Okay. And, and the brilliant way to, to read up on all this and find out about it all and to kind of get a, get a way to understand it is, is the Science of Discworld books. Mm -hmm. Okay, start with, you can, if you've read the regular Discworld, you'll need that for a little bit of context. But if you've read the regular Discworld, read Science of Discworld, read all those, get all those under your hat, and you'll understand that, again, like I was saying before, everything is stories 
everything we do, the way we relate to each other, the way we relate to the world, the way we understand the world, the way we understand each other, it's all stories mm-hmm. of one sort or another. Okay. Yep. That was that was a partial ins- that was a partial inspiration for the whole thing as well. Ooh. But I'm also writing these down. <laughs> if if you look at look, you can get by in a in a in a game. You can get by with saying you come up to the town of Appleton. It's a population of a thousand people. There are uh, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, a leather worker, and uh, 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 a local governor. Mm-hmm. Is that an interesting town? It sounds pretty textbook. Right. Pet dry and you come to Appleton. Lifeless. It's a, it's a town of a thousand peasants. Among its many hardworking citizens are the butcher, who mostly works in goat meat, the baker, who can turn out a very nice loaf when he has the time, and the candlestick maker, who uses the tallow and renderings from the butcher to make kind of bad candles. There's also a mayor, but he's not from around here, and tends to see the villagers as his serfs. Is that a more interesting town? That just makes me want to leave town. Sure, but it's a reaction. <laughs> it's true, that's true. It brings the life to the town. It, it, it gives that backstory, it gives that living world feel. It doesn't feel like you're just reading a, an academic textbook. Right. And, and the thing of it is, it doesn't take much to, to get something, you're going to remember Appleton probably because the place is dark and stinking and smoky. And in your mind, you're thinking it's going to be a lot of browns. It's probably muddy streets. Mm-hmm. You know, I've used words that have led you to certain conclusions without actually handing you those conclusions. Right. Now, it may or may not be accurate. And by interacting with the town, you will figure that out. And that's kind of where that DM aspect comes in, where right. it's leaving it open up enough for your players to explore and, and find out for themselves what things are like, but not really, or making them want to do that as opposed to just like, here's a town. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, for years, years and years and years, D&D was, here's a town. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> It's only relatively recently that the town had people in it and people who did things and things that went on in the background. It was mostly just, here's a town. Here's a dungeon. Here's a giant. You here's should a kill dragon. It. What else are you going to do? You've got nothing else to work with. Yeah. You know. But that definitely... Ma- Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that it makes for a much more enjoyable game, both for the, the DM and the players, because you kind of get that mutual piece. Like the, the DM's created or created or creating this vast world with mm-hmm. all this rich history and this lore, and a lot of it might just be living in their head. And if they come to you and be like, hey, you guys are in a town, they might have this whole thing in their mind, but the players, if they're not engaged, if they're not interested, they're not going to go up to this town and explore all of it. And the GM's going to have all of this work that they've done, either like physically writing it down or just thinking about it in their head. And it all ends up going to waste. 
Yeah. Patrick McManus, who is, who's a great, brilliant, funny outdoor writer, wrote a book about writing short stories and things. And I believe it was called What Color Is Your Bicycle? Mm -hmm. And the premise of the thing is that I can say to both of you, imagine a bicycle. And you will imagine a bicycle. It's like, don't think about a hippopotamus. Well, too late. But (laughs) imagine a bicycle. Mm -hmm. Now, what I want you to do is imagine the bicycle I have in my head. Mm. Not the bicycle you have in your head. So I need to provide detail. My bicycle is green. My bicycle has a flat front tire. My bicycle doesn't have brakes. My bicycle has a luggage rack. My bicycle has a bent back tire. Now, imagine a bicycle. Are you now imagining my bicycle? Probably a uh, a closer facsimile, but not exactly what you're thinking. But we're, (laughs) we're getting close. Right. So if I want you as a player to imagine a bicycle, I need to tell you what that bicycle looks like. Otherwise, you might end up on a bicycle with like six feet and 19 pedals, 12 handlebars and 14 wheels. When I really just want you on a small two wheel bicycle with two pedals and one set of handlebars. Right. That kind of makes sense. Okay. I mean, you said imagine a bicycle, and then you talked about a hippo, and then the thing after that popped up was a hippo riding a bicycle. So, See, there you go. Maybe that's what I wanted. <laughs> as a, as the GM who really does enjoy GMing on the fly, mm-hmm. that's useful to me. Oh, you imagined a hippo on a bicycle. Mm, I can use that. We can have a hippo <laughs> on a bicycle adventure. I have heard my GM say that. Oh, I could use that. And that always makes me worry a little bit. It always oh. makes the game incredible, but it does make me worry. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to be really good at it. Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to roll with whatever is thrown at you. Otherwise, you get, you get kind of stuck without and don't really know where to go next. I mean, we did grease up the halfling for, and stuck him in a hole. So. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, hopefully it's not the halfling that's getting fired out of that cannon. <laughs> Chili, you're not allowed to have a cannon in our game. We're going to buy a cannon. Uh, no. But that's that to me. That's what it's all about. Is is it's not, it's not just a podcast about words. It's a podcast about understanding your world. And and we relate it to to board game or to tabletop games, to RPGs and board games and other things. You know, video games even. You know, mm-hmm. we we constantly drag in. Uh, you know, Fantasy Flight and Dragon. Uh, oh come on, the other. I, I heard one about Skyrim recently. Yeah, there was some stuff about Skyrim. Yeah. Uh, the Dragon Quest, that's the word I was looking for. Ah, uh, yep. Dragon, yep. Quest. Dragon Quest and all that. You know, we're constantly bringing things like that in when we can and where we can. Um, because it helps, it kind of helps ground people in, in that we're not really, we're not really trying to be all up here in the air and floating around about all these high concepts and stuff. We're really not. We want we want to bring all those high concepts down to earth where you can understand them, which is which is why a couple weeks ago, our episode about the merchant had to use the word fungible a couple of times. And then I found that useful today in your guys' chat mm-hmm. where somebody was talking about whether chickens were fungible or not. True. 
Although I did learn all about how goats and pots were fungible. Yes. Yes. Sheep oh, sorry, and pots. sheep. Yeah. Sheep and pots. Yeah. Sheep and pots. Yeah. Yes, very much. A pot is a pot is a pot. A sheep is a sheep is a sheep. As long as they can be exchanged for equivalent value, they are fungible. That's all it takes. And as bonus content, chickens are also fungible. Yes. But my artwork is not. <laughs> I, I will well, say, see. I was going to say, I will say, it, if, you're, if you're a Final Fantasy player, uh, he, there is a whole episode on Sahagin, and that is a beast race in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Sahu Go yeah. again. Nope. Sahu again. That's Sahu right. Again. Sahu yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pronounce it right. Come on. Oh, dear. Yeah, that was. Thank I, I like that one. I, it Thank was you, good. Matt Mercer. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I do. And I do have to say that like you do a really amazing job. Like I, I was listening to a lot of them on my drive here today. That ended up going quite a bit longer than I expected, and I ran out of episodes, unfortunately. Uh, so I will have to download some more on my way home. But. The way that you present it and the way that you do that tying back, like going back to connections and starting off with uh, an anecdote or a story or something related to it, introducing the topic, going through the whole history, very in-depth, but to a level that's really understandable by even someone with no background uh, in any of it. But also, if you have some sort of background, like it, it's still informative. And tying it back to that, like it just it's a very, very enjoyable, it's very, very easy listen uh, it's it's an incredibly cool. well done. Like, I thank you so much for it. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. It it's it's evolved a lot since we first started. I mean, you go back to those first few episodes and like, whoa, how is this going to survive? <laughs> yeah, we're familiar with that. Yeah, we know we're that. still working on that 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 trying to get our, past that point. <laughs> our style has definitely evolved over the years, and especially here in the last couple of years, where where angry had to step away for. Um, for the fact that he had so much on his plate that he mm-hmm. had to cut something loose, and I was, I was, I was ready to take over the writing and whatnot. So it worked out. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you're able to continue that and uh, go through Patreon and, and make this your full time job and everything. Like it, it's, it's a really, like, as Peter was saying before, that's something to kind of like aspire to for a lot of content creators. Yeah, um, it's. It's it's hard to do, but if you put your mind to it and stick with it, even when it's really thin, you'll get there. Awesome. Well, I, I actually have one last question here. Uh, our producer has highlighted it and really wanted to ask um, about your community and, and like how what kind of community the, the GM Word of the Week has around it. Uh, and also, she's got a note in here that says, I hope the GM Word of the Week fans are called weaklings. They are not. Hmm. Do they have a name they, for themselves? They they don't have a name for themselves, but this ties into into what the community is like, <laughs> and it's it's my favorite kind of community because, as I may have stated before, I don't like people. Mm-hmm. So they are quiet, <laughs> and they give generously and with not much complaint at all. Ooh, that is the best community when they don't have the complaints. Yes, and it's it's great. But part of that means that I have to keep them up to date on anything that changes. Mm-hmm. Anything at all that even slightly changes. Patreon likes to tinker with stuff. And yep. I, I make very sure to keep them informed so that if a problem comes up, they can go right to the Patreon community page and see what has happened and why. You know, And 
Um, See, when I when I partake of a form of entertainment, okay, whatever that is, if I'm reading a book or I'm reading a comic or I'm playing a game or I'm you know listening to a podcast or watching a TV show or whatever, my ground state is if nothing is terribly wrong, I got nothing to say. You know, I just sit back Mm -hmm. and I enjoy it. I'm like several billion people in the world. If nothing's wrong, I have nothing to say. But when something goes wrong, you will hear from me. (laughs) So I am perfectly okay with never really hearing from my supporters. That means as far as I'm, as far as I can tell, that means I'm doing fine. Keep doing it. Mm -hmm. No news is good news in this case. Yes, and every once in a while I'll ask them a question I actually genuinely do need their input on, and I will get the response when I need it. But by and large, they don't need a bunch of emails from me. Mm -hmm. They don't need a bunch of messages going up on the Patreon from me or from anybody else. They, In fact, the less visible that is to them, the happier they are. Mm -hmm. You know, It just means that's something else they don't have to deal with in their email every day. And and I respect that. It's like that's the way they want to work it. That's fine. That's great. Keep at it. And together with that understanding, I will keep trying to make the show better and better and better every single time it goes out. And believe me, if you go back and listen to the first episodes and listen to what we're doing now and track it all the way through, you will see every time I've made an improvement and how much that has changed the show. And I'm I'm always really happy with where the show is right now, mm-hmm. but I'm always also looking to see how I can make it better. Because you'll never know what's that line ahead. Looking back, it's very easy to see right. what you've done and how you've gotten to where you are and all those changes, exactly. but you can't do the exact same the other way around. Thank you. <laughs> you may go to the head of the class. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Fiddleback, for, for coming and joining us uh, on our lovely mess of a show sometimes. Uh, you have definitely increased our quality significantly during this episode. Uh, I can look back and see that, at least. Oh, um, and Peter, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, you're already at the head of the class. What else can I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can come uh, you, up, too. You can join. <laughs> he needs a friend. <laughs> yeah, sure, all right. <laughs> you can you can come sit up here and 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 get a cookie with everybody else and a little hey. bit of orange juice. Oh, sweet! Can't wait for nap time. <laughs> and it's and it's your birthday, so probably you can even have a cupcake with a little sad candle in it. Oh, <laughs> sad so sorry you can't see us on camera because I am cracking up behind the mic here. I know you are. <laughs> sad candle cupcake, please, is show <laughs> producer. Uh, well, I got not nothing fungible, else. Not a... the, yeah, not fungible. Yeah, I did write that. <laughs> I'm not fungible. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, well, thank you very much for for joining us. Do you want to? Uh, I know you have a, a slew of uh, different links and such where people can find you. Did you want to uh, shout yourself out and give people Look, links to your? We'll, we'll include links in our, our show notes as well. Awesome. Uh, and and Susan's already dropping them in in the Twitch chat. She's good at that. Why doesn't she produce Very. my show? That would take a load <laughs> off my shoulders. But anyway, the point being, the, there's only really two links uh, to check out. Mm-hmm. All right. The first one is gmwordoftheweek.com. 
that's that's the show the episodes the all the if you want to link to the patreon go through there there's options there's we even have merchandise i don't Ooh. know why but we do <laughs> i heard something and, about really cool socks yeah very cool socks i there's a story there that i'll tell you <laughs> afterwards <laughs> cool Fair. The other link is if you want to know about other projects I have worked on or other things I've done for whatever reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I do know why you would go to it. Anyway, it, the, the link to it is fiddleback.me. So fiddleback.me. Isn't that handy? Very um, handy. And Susan's already dropped both of those links. Yep. And I will tell you, I will tell you the one real reason to go to that is mm-hmm. to get... The um, the step by step GM's review of um, Tales. What is it? Tales from <laughs> uh, I want to say Tales from the Hidden Portal. That's not correct. The Tales from the Yawning Portal. That's what it is. The Yawning Portal. That was the D and D module that came out about two years ago now, three years ago now. That uh, Watsi put out with a whole bunch of collected and updated old adventures, old classic adventures and whatnot, like the Sunless Citadel and the Forge of Fury and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I break it down step-by-step for GMs and how to go through it and how to play each of those. So if that's something that interests you, and and it's not just applicable to those particular adventures. It is something, much like everything I do, that you can apply to every game you play. That's that the most really interesting cool. thing on that website. Then <laughs> I will encourage everyone to uh, definitely go out and check that out. And I will also make sure that we send this episode to our GM so that uh, he can take a look at all of this. Yep. Uh, we've already sent him your podcast links. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Single most important thing you can do with anything, even this show, this Maelstrom Radio show here. <laughs> Single most important thing you can do doesn't matter and i'm i know i know i'm speaking for you but i'm speaking as the voice of experience here the mm-hmm. single most important thing you can do is tell other people about the shows yes or yes. as youtubers like to say please like and subscribe no like and no like and subscribe is terrible oh you've got no no, no that only it only works on youtube you that's how the youtube half... algorithm works no no it's yeah. terrible uh, it's terrible. Like and subscribe, and you're done. Yeah. That's yes. wrong. Don't like. Don't subscribe. I mean, do if you want to, but tell somebody else about it. Jump the algorithm. Tell somebody else. Yep. Tell your friend. Tell your enemies. Tell your grandmother. <laughs> that's that's usually that's, right. that's the rules. That's right. Yeah, that sounds about right. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess with nothing else here, we can go ahead. Uh, you will be able to check out the recorded episode of this podcast next Wednesday. Uh, we will be recording again next week, at Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. British Summertime, uh, with our guest Sloth Queen, who is a Guild Wars 2 Twitch streamer. You can check out uh, us playing Guild Wars 2 next Thursday, kind of as an introduction, again at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, or 2 a.m. British Summertime. Uh, Susan would also like to remind you that we have a YouTube channel which we are trying to get to 100 subscribers. So like everyone else, please go ahead, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and tell your grandmother. 
if we get to this, we will post more pictures. Sorry, I say we, but it's not going to be we. It's going to be Susan. Susan will post more pictures of Poe the dog on our Twitter. Yep. Uh, with that being said, that's all I have for tonight. Peter. Yo. <laughs> well, with that, friends, use your words wisely. And as always, till sea swallows all, keep listening. Keep listening. Maelstrom Radio is brought to you by MaelstromRadio.com and Blackfire Media. Produced by Flattis Shintier and Susan Sprinkle. Join us live Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash maelstromradio. Send email to show at maelstromradio.com, tweet us at maelstrom underscore radio, or join our Discord at maelstromradio.com slash discord. Views and opinions expressed by our hosts and guests do not reflect the views and opinions of any companies discussed on today's show.